Pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for another beautiful day. We love you, Lord, and we just thank you for being here with us, teaching us and helping us to know you better. We just love having a relationship with the true and living God. Nothing about religion, just just relationship, just loving and being loved by you, Lord. And learning how to do that better, more effectively, that it may spill over into others' lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. It's about that simple, you know. We just want to have the greatest possible relationship we can with our God. The more we know how awesome He is, the more... We love Him, and we want others to experience that same joy and peace. I uh, I talk to a lot of people that uh, they they struggle having one foot in the world and one foot in the church. They, they feel like they're losing something with God. They feel like they're missing out. They look around. They see people prospering without God. And it seems like the more they try it God's way, instead of the, the blessing of the Lord and the prosperity of the Lord and all of the good things that we promise... Or he promised. They get the opposite. Sound familiar? If you ever felt that way. You're in good company. Every Christian has at some point. There was a man named Asaph. Who had those feelings once upon a time. Psalm 73. Just want to read a little bit of that to you. A Psalm of Asaph. Psalm 73. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, so he starts off by saying he knows that God is good to those that are are pure in heart. And then he, he qualifies it He says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. I almost screwed it all up. My steps had nearly slipped. And here's why. Verse 3, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. In his eyes, it looked like they didn't suffer at all. Their whole life. (laughs) Ever feel like that about other people? Their bodies are fat and sleek. He's saying that in a good way. They're not in trouble as others are. They're not stricken like the rest of mankind. (laughs) Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out through fatness. Their hearts overflow with follies. They scoff and speak with malice. These are mean people. Lofty, loftily they threaten up oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens and their tongue struts through the earth. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They increase in riches. All in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. Talking to God. But then I thought, 
how to understand this. It seemed to be a wearisome task. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in slippery places. You make them fall to ruin. How they are destroyed in a moment, swept away utterly by terrors, like a dream when one awakes. O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. When my soul was embittered, when I was pricked in heart, I was brutish and ignorant. I was a beast towards you. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold me right, my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth, earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail. My God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For behold, those who are far from you shall perish. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. Amen. I wasn't going to read the whole thing, but it just sums it all up pretty good. How he started being jealous of all these wicked folks and they didn't have no problems. He served the Lord and struggled and suffered more than anybody. And then he came back to his senses. He said he went into church. It came to him. You know, this is the condition of every Christian at some point or another. In this world, all of the people that we get our thinking from, for the most part, what to think, what's good, what's awesome, what's popular, what's not, are the most ungodly group of people in the whole nation. The people who make our movies and write our newspapers the news, television shows, what used to be known as comedy. (laughs) And it shouldn't be that way. But, you know, it's, it's like Christianity or Christians as a people are the only group that it's acceptable to speak against. And it shouldn't be that way, but it is. Jesus said they hated me first. They hate you because they hated me. And it seems weird, you know. But it's the way it is. And we, we have all these things going on in the world. Not too many people are using wisdom. Not, peop- not too many people have wisdom. If they have any, they don't use it. And people are looking to the ungodly for their for their source of uh, of who to esteem and what to esteem and when it should be God. And this is a mistake. Because nobody's getting away with anything. The Bible makes it very clear. And I want to look in, let's go back a little bit to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. Uh, Oh, boy. Well, my mind has uh, dropped it momentarily. But anyway, the scripture says that to be sure your sin will find you out. You know that scripture? If any of you find it, let me know. But that's the one I was going to point you to. Well, you can be sure. Rest assured, it says that your sin 
will find you out. So payday is coming. And really, when we see those people prospering, it's okay, listen. You have eternal life with God, and they don't. Heaven is real, and so is hell. And if, if, if we really understood hell, we would never want for our worst enemy to go there. That's a fact. It wasn't even created for people. It was created for Satan and the other angels that rebelled against God in heaven. But people are continuing to go. And a matter of fact, the boundaries of hell have to continue to be expanded. The size of it, in other words. To accommodate all those who reject God and Jesus as their Savior in this life. So don't, don't wish too much that you have what they have. Because if we're only here for a flicker, and then eternity with the Lord, they could have the whole world and still be in a very sad shape. So, we talk all the time about how great it is to be rich now. And we're not talking about money. Talking about the fact that it's true that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. We lay down in peace and sleep at night. We don't have to worry if our spouse is going to be there. We don't have to worry about a lot of things that the world continues to struggle with and to torment each other with and all the hurts and grief and pain and afflictions. And we know that because we give, we tithers and we give, that the source of our provision is the Lord. Sometimes it might look like He's not going to come through, <laughs> but He does. We're all here right now. And so if we were to write down the track record of His faithfulness in our lives up to now, it would all be good report. If we have to be truthful. But I want to get back to a word. Hmm? The word is wisdom. And I was just thinking about this because we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And the first three gifts of the Spirit are the revelation gifts. And we talked about last week a word of knowledge. And, and it just happens that I wanted to talk about wisdom anyway this week. And a word of wisdom is the next gift of the Spirit. And I just want to talk about wisdom in general, not just the gift, but wisdom in general. I was sitting at a little gas station this afternoon somewhere my wife shouldn't have stopped, but she doesn't think like that sometimes like men do. And she just trusts everybody and and she jumped out of the truck and went inside this little store and I got was getting gas and watching all the drug deals going on around me and <laughs> she was oblivious to it. And uh and I was just looking at this young man as he handed the little bag with the white rock inside of it to the guys that drove up as he was walking around like this, you know. And I was just thinking, how sad, you know, how sad it is that there's just no wisdom there. And it's, it's going to not end well. I, I know that. I already know that. I just want to roll down the window and just say, hey, man. Let me tell you about Jesus. 
But one of them might got hurt, so I did that. <laughs> so I did. But look at Psalm number one. That's where in the book of Psalms. Because Psalms is a book that's full of information about wisdom. As a matter of fact, it talks about the sheer necessity of wisdom for the believer and promises that God is the source of that wisdom. Matter of fact, it speaks to us as a person, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is synonymous with wisdom. Without Him, there is no wisdom. First, I want to go over to James, actually. He's on my mind right now. James, the third chapter. James is someone who... I don't know. I really admire and love James. If I knew him in person, I might not like him. He's too much like me. But he's just straight to the point. Hits you right between the eyes with the truth. And then it's up to you what you're going to do with it, you know, as always. And uh, I remember it took me a while to learn how to accept the truth as a blessing, even when it was opposed to my way of thinking and living. <laughs> because that's not a normal reaction for a man, especially, or anyone, I guess. But James says right here in the third chapter, the 17th verse. Remember, we were talking about the tongue last week. We were in the same area. But he says, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So, He's describing what the peace of or the wisdom of God looks like when you adorn yourself with it, which is smart to do. It's wise, right? Wisdom is wise. <laughs> and it's from God. And the, the wisdom. See, why does he say the wisdom that is from above? Because there's always uh, there's always uh, a, a counterfeit from the enemy here in the world. And there's a worldly wisdom. Then the Bible teaches that there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is destruction. And that's the worldly wisdom, the wisdom of the world that thinks it doesn't need God because it's got it all figured out. And God, by the way, is just some, some uh, you know, Santa Claus figure to these, these dumb Christians you know, who just need something to believe in because they're so ignorant, right? Well, wrong. <laughs> That's the wisdom of the world. And, uh, and God says that He loves to confound the wisdom of the world with the foolish things of the world. Those who are wise in their own eyes, God just laughs at them, honestly. And their end will be destruction. It's really a, a sad thing. James says it's, uh, it's pure. It's peaceable. Gentle. Doesn't that sound like a better life than all the opposites of those things? Open to reason. A reasonable person is wise. Like, well, hold on. Let me... Let me I need to talk to you about this. Okay, I'll listen. Sure. Is there something I'm missing here? I'm, I'm open to 
I want to know, get to the bottom of I want to know the truth. Let's reason together. That's a wise man. That's what God said. Full of mercy. How, how do we practice being merciful? Just remember what God has done for us. <laughs> how much we needed His mercy. There were some in Jesus' time that, that uh, didn't seem to think that they needed it because they had been good. And Jesus seemed to think that they needed it more than anybody because their self-righteousness was the biggest sin of all. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we all need the free gift of forgiveness and mercy and God's love. The grace of God then teaches us in Titus 2, 11 and 12. So it teaches us how to live godly lives. Isn't that interesting? I thought grace was just the, the license to do whatever I want. And Jesus handles the rest. No. True grace of God teaches us how to live a godly and pure life. Because we remember how amazing it is that Jesus came and took our place on death row and actually had the sentence carried out. Because of our sin with our punishment and we went stock free. Scot free. Whatever you say in that situation. We went free. Guilty as could be, but free as a bird. That's what I said in my book. When I realized that that day in that courtroom, standing there with Jesus. That there was no accusers there. No one to judge me. No one to accuse me even. Because he was standing beside me as my advocate. And I was free to go. I knew how guilty I was. And it impressed upon me the greatness of my Savior. And that will cause you to be merciful to others. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just remember where He brought you from. And it will keep you humble. And that's a good thing. Because God gives grace to the humble but he opposes the proud. When we stand in pride, refusing to forgive, refusing to love, refusing to accept God's way, he's so holy and good that he must oppose us in that situation. Why? Because his word says he does. And if anything he ever said in this word was untrue everything we know and are would come undone the whole universe is held together by his word and so if it ever became untrue all of this would cease to exist and so would we because he spoke us into existence there's a Look back. Look back in the same book since we're in James. We'll try to stay focused. I'll try to, I know I bounce around a lot, so I'm going to try to stay focused. Because James talked about... <clears throat> that tells us a little bit what he just said in, in verse 17 of the third chapter about what wisdom is. That's just a scratching the surface of how good it is and smart and loving and merciful and full of good fruit. So, hearing that, you have to wonder, well, what, where, do I, where do I get some of that? Well, he answers that too in the first chapter. Just turn back a page. The first chapter, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. How simple is that? Ask the person that loves you more than anything. And it says he gives generously to all. Without reproach to all. So does everybody have wisdom then? No. He said ask. Not everybody's going to ask. Just like they don't ask for forgiveness from 
and ask Jesus to be their Savior. That's why they're not all saved, because Jesus did die for everybody's sin. And all the sins of the world are already forgiven. Then how come everybody's not redeemed? Because they didn't accept the gift. And He's not going to force it on you. The gospel has to be shared, not shoved. So any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. In other words, he's not going to get on to you about it. He'll give it to you if you ask. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Sounds like he's being mean there. But he's not. He's just one of those really straight, forward, to the point type of ministers. And he's trying to help us to understand God's way. God has a system by which he gets things to those that he loves and that love him. It's faith. Because we're, we're, at, we're, we're operating between two worlds. As Christians, we are supernatural beings. And our faith is the conduit that draws all of the provision of God in from the heavenly realm that we can't see, the spiritual realm that fills this world in every way. But we can't discern it with our natural senses. It's the one-third of our salvation that is complete. The kingdom of God is within us. The Spirit of God is within us. That old sin nature has been evicted and we have the very mind of Christ. You say, well, I don't think like Jesus. Not much anyway. Well, that's right, because your soul is all messed up. Your mind and will and emotions, your personality has been trained by the world. And all those things I mentioned a while ago, the, the media, the politics, <laughs> what other... Entertainment. Hmm? All those things have been corrupted by the enemy. Because Satan is in charge of this world for a time. You say, you're not in charge of my world. That, that's right. If you don't give him authority. Because he's been stripped of all his power and authority. Except when a person gives it to him. And you're the one with the real power he wants because you belong to the Lord. And so you can do some creating for him if, you, if he can get you to believe his deception. Or you can agree with God, be wise, and speak lies and love and peace into every situation. Into that body, into that bank account, into that relationship. Call those things that be not as though they were. Stop saying what we see and start speaking faith from what the promise of God says regarding that situation. So James says, just ask for it, this wonderful thing called wisdom, just ask God. And he won't get on to you about it. He'll give it to you without any problem. If you, long as you ask. And then Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four, believe that you have what you ask for when you pray, and you will have it. And that seems backwards to the world because they say, well, I believe I have it when I see that I have it. God says, in that case, you'll never see. Because you have to realize that you are a spirit just like your father. 
God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so you have to deal in the spiritual realm by faith in order to cause the spiritual blessings and provision of God, which is all on account for you in the spiritual realm, not in heaven, but just in the spiritual realm, to draw it in by faith so it will manifest here in the sweet now and now. Or you can utilize it in this life. Just ask. And don't doubt. God's going to provide wisdom for me in this situation. And don't say anything opposite of that once you speak that. Just keep it up. Keep saying it. Keep believing it. Don't listen to anyone else who undermines that. Or just tries to get you. Come on man. Just be realistic here. No. You are being realistic. This is more real than what they are aware of. And they're just, they're not there yet. Once you get there, don't go back to where you've been from. So I always tell people, don't call the friend that will agree with you when you're upset and emotional. Call the friend that will point you back to the word. And then pray with you. So ask God if you want wisdom. Why? Look at look in Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, twenty one. Fifteen. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom. Which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. That's what God can do. And that's what he will do if we don't worry about. He was in this particular case. He was telling the disciples how they were going to be called before prosecutors and kings and courts to testify. And he said, don't even think, don't worry about it. I'll give you. Wisdom in that situation and a mouth to speak that wisdom utterance that your adversaries will be they won't be able to withstand or contradict how would you like to be able to rely upon that just to you know just for them to say man How did Josh get so... How does he know all that? How did he know all that? That was awesome. And all those people who were questioning him, they're so educated and and high-minded and they're this and that and they got this degree and that and then he just speaks up and, and he was right on. God. God gave him wisdom. In that particular case, that would be the gift of wisdom. And that's awesome. That's what the, that's what the disciples had when they said, when these guys stood up and just began to utter these, just go on, you know, and on and on and on about God and the history of God's people and all this stuff. And they were like, who are these guys? They're not even educated. And then they said that they realized that they've been with Jesus. How does that glorify God? Awesome. Because they know it's God. It can't be them. The guy that goes, oh, well, you know, I studied at this and that and did this and that. And I've got this 15 degrees and that's how I know all this. God ain't going to use that person. Not saying he won't use an educated person if they'll humble themselves and give him all the glory and the credit. But generally they won't. Sorry, that's just the truth. But man, it's better for us to just say, I don't know. I don't know anything without him. <laughs> and then, But they just watch you begin to prosper and to just be make the right choices and decisions. How did you know to do it? I prayed about it. We prayed about it. The guy called and asked what I was going to do. I said, hold on a minute. I went and I prayed with my wife. And then 
I had peace about this answer. And that's what I did. I went in that direction. I didn't see a red light. I didn't see a green light. Felt right. Went that way. Asking all the way, Lord, is that right? Seemed to be right. Seemed good to God, to the Holy Ghost. Wow. I want what you have. Okay. It's free. It's free. And He wants you to have it. (laughs) See how simple this life is? It's not easy, but it's simple. What's the difference? Why, If it's so simple, then why isn't it easy? Because you have the world, you have the devil, all those sources of wonderful information, which is wrong, arguing against this. They want to make you feel stupid. Everything that we believe in and hold dear because God says it's right, they hate. And... Like I said, we're the only group of people that is fair game to any sort of criticism or hatred. And everything that we stand up for, for God, and say, this is what my God says, and that's why I believe it. Well, then you're a bigot. You're a hater. You're this, you're that. Which is all untrue. We know that. We're the first one that'll take care of and love the person that... We hate their sin. Well, then you hate them. No. I love them. I want them to be free. And I'm not judging them for the sin, but I can. I have to tell you that that's sin. Ah, then you hate that person. You're a hater. No, I love them. I love them. I, man, I was worse than that. God set me free. Oh, so now you're better. No, I, no. <laughs> Thankful, that's all I am. How's that? I don't know. I don't know nothing. Let me ask him. <laughs> Lord, I'm getting in over my head. Send somebody else. Oh, yeah. He saved me too. He's awesome. You know? <laughs> so, when it comes to this gift of wisdom as a spiritual gift from the Holy Ghost. Remember, I said these are all grace gifts. So these charismatic gifts, that means that they can't be earned and they're nothing for you to brag about because the Holy Spirit gives them to any spirit-filled believer that he wants to. Someone that's received the baptism of the Holy Spirit that is living a relatively holy life, trying to do things God's way and is submitted to Him and available. Lord, I'm, I'm willing. If you'll use me to... If you'll impart these gifts to me anytime, anywhere, I will let you use me and I would love to be the one that you choose to, to give an utterance of wisdom or knowledge to a person in order to draw them to you. Yes, I'm available for that. I will never criticize. I won't say anything bad about the people that you show me things about I will use it to minister and to to help them know that you're real and he'll use you but the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom these revelation gifts are so closely it's just hard to tell between them sometimes as a matter of fact when I start I'm always interested in in different ones in the Bible to use as examples and a lot of times we go look at word of wisdom and you say, oh, this guy, this guy says that this was a word of wisdom. I look over there and no, that was a word of knowledge. So quite often when, when people say they, had a, they, they received a word of wisdom in the Bible or th- in this place or this place, and you go look, I, and uh, it, I believe that there, it's usually a word of knowledge. Example of that, two, two quick examples, and then we'll, we're out of here. But in Jonah, uh, everybody likes Jonah. And so, um, let's see if I can find Jonah. He's up here toward the end of the, they call the minor prophets. Yeah, there he is. Just right past Amos. Amos 3.3, 3, I always like to quote. And then Obadiah is one page. And then Jonah, right before Micah. 
just a little bit behind Habakkuk, right before the New Covenant starts. Jonah, anyway, is the one that got eaten by the whale, right? And then spit out on dry land because he was going the opposite direction of where God told him to go. Anyway, it says here in, in Jonah 3, the fourth verse, Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, to the people of Nineveh. Yet forty days. And Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth. From the greatest of them to the least of them. And they repented. And that's why he didn't want to go there. Because he, he, he hated the people of Nineveh. They were the enemy of God's people. And he didn't want them to repent. <laughs> and he knew they would if they heard the truth of God's word. So that's why he was going the opposite direction. And God had to. Set him back in the right path. But see, they a lot of people call this a word of wisdom. When Jonah spoke up and said, he said, uh, right there in the fourth verse, he said, uh, yet 40 days and 40 days and none of us shall be overthrown. That's not wisdom. That's knowledge. He, 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 he was given a fact by God to speak to them, to scare them into repentance. And so that's a word of knowledge. So, okay, I'm looking for a word of wisdom. That's not a word of wisdom. That's a word of knowledge. But see how closely they're... they're, they're, they're it's because you say that sounds wise. It was wise, but to share it, it was wise. But the word of wisdom was not there. It was a word of knowledge, just a fact. And then... I did find one in Acts, the 15th chapter, and I'll show you the difference. Acts, the 15th chapter, and there's another one that I really just didn't have time to look up, but I, uh, one that I used to love to share, and I just can't remember where it's at right now, so I'll look at this one. Acts, the 15th chapter, the, the, the disciples in the church, in the early days of the church, had a, had a big job. They were a small group. They were growing fast, right? In a few years, they turned the world upside right, but they had a they had some tricky ground to cover. They had a lot of different religions and a lot of different. Um, and then the Jews from which they came hated hated this Christianity thing as well. And yet God had called them to bring the Jews in, bring the Gentiles in, bring the bring everybody in. And so they had to navigate these waters without getting killed for it <laughs> and in a way that would be effective to those who heard the truth of God's word so they wouldn't just rebel against it and hate them more because I mean how many of you ever wanted to just share the gospel or share Jesus with somebody but you knew it would come across as hey you need Jesus you know like I'm judging you and you say okay this is not the right time or place and you just wait for God to give you a proper door or window of opportunity well that's what their life was like all the time so in the 15th chapter they're, they're writing a letter to the Gentiles who were interested, very interested. There had been some ministers ministering to these people and they were getting great response. But these Gentiles didn't live anything like the Jews did. They didn't have any restrictions on their lives. They were wild and carefree and anything went. And so they realized they had to be very careful giving them a bunch of restrictions and stuff because some ministers went down there and tried to throw the law on them, you know, and it wasn't going to work. And so right there in the 15th chapter, around the 28th verse, it said, I'll back up to 27, it says, okay, the, the, these, the disciples, they said, we've, we've therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same things by word of mouth in this letter is in, in the 28th verse it says for it has seemed good to the holy spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements and then they listed them that you abstain from what was been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from that which has been strangled and from sexual immorality if you keep yourselves from these you will do well farewell that came straight from the Holy Ghost, and that was wisdom. 
They had to give them a few instructions because they were doing some things that really involved demonic activity. And if they would have kept on, it would have allowed more demons to come in and make strongholds in these Gentiles' lives. So they had to fix that, but they let everything else go. And that was wise. That was wisdom. It came straight from the Holy Ghost because that would protect them enough, you see, to get the devil from working, have a license to work in their life until they could minister to them enough and get enough truth in them so those things would start falling away of their own accord. You see? Now that was wisdom and that was, that was, that was the gift of wisdom given to these ministers for a whole group of people they were trying to bring to God. And he said, here's what you tell them and this will work. God knows, Right? <laughs> so so when you're struggling for the answers of what to say or what to do in a situation just just start praying lord give me wisdom right here give me your truth i don't want to say anything if it's not from you help me and man he comes through he comes through and the more you practice it it's like anything with faith the stronger it gets and the the, the more of an open channel you create to god regarding this sort of a thing and he looks around quickly. The angels scan the room, you know, in a situation where it could be Tavana over here. She's needing a word of wisdom. She needs to hear what God says. She came here seeking God, hurting internally, never going to let it show. Got dressed up and put her makeup on and drug herself down here, not even want to get out of the car, you know. Walk through the doors of a church where they know they're going to be judged. And they walk in and they sit here and just smile, you know. But just tormented and hurting desperately on the inside. I need you, God. Please, I came here and I don't know what else to do. And just think if God would use you. In that situation. And just all of a sudden, boom, it's like a light bulb goes on in your head. And all of a sudden, you know everything she came here for. Let me tell you, God ain't going to do that to a gossip or a mean person. He's going to do that to the person who's sitting here saying, Lord, how can you use me today? How can I be a blessing to let someone know how amazing you are? That Those angels are scanning the room. They see that heart. For God, boom, Linda, now you know. God just trusted you to help. And then you have to get the courage. Man, I'm not going to say that. (laughs) He deals with that a lot. God has to contend with everybody at all times. But if you get the courage, you just (laughs) I know you don't know me. I'm so glad to meet you, but God. Now, what happened? You got their attention. Not you, but God. And all they know is you said something that no, he makes it something that only they will know. And you had no way of knowing and they will know that. And now you're sitting there just waiting for what's next, just like they are. But now they know they have God is speaking to them and they're waiting to hear what you have to say next. And God's going to give you what to say next. You're going to share with them the gospel. You're going to share with them your story. You're going to tell them how great he is. And what he wants for them. And, And it's beautiful. That's why these things are not something to be brushed aside you know that's this for other people not for me no it's for you he's looking for you he got enough high-minded religious folks who got their own pew get mad if anybody else sits there he don't want religion he wants relationship and he wants her to be in a relationship with him so she can be helped by him and he needs you or you or you to share that with them That's why a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, these things are so important. See, in that case, a word of wisdom would be something you know specifically. Like Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree or the sycamore tree, which one of the disciples, before you ever came here, I saw you over there. And he went, see, he had him then. 
He knew he was from God. Because there was something going on under that tree. He must have been asking God to give him a sign or something. Who knows? But he knew. <laughs> yeah, there's a preacher that I like. Not <clears throat> um, Some years back, he's in a, a big uh, meeting. The place was full. And... Uh, and uh, he's known to, to give a word to people and to prophesy what operates in the gift. And, uh, and he came over to this woman. He kept, he kept getting something throughout the meeting. He's like rejecting it, rejecting it. He's like, I'm not saying that. I don't even know what that means. I'm not saying that, Lord. And he tells him, go tell her. He walks over to this lady who's been sitting there, an older woman. And he tells her, I saw you with the ducks. And he said, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I, he won't leave me alone. I have to say what he said. He's, I saw you with the ducks. And she began to weep. And knew it was God. And he goes, can you tell us now what? And she was so joyful, and she knew she had found God. She had fit, she's in the right place. She'd been, and and she got the microphone, and she told the story of how she had been in a concentration camp in World War II as a little girl, and how her life was spared when most of the people she knew and loved were killed because they made her into a, a little cook for the German guards, right? And she would have to kill these ducks. And she remembered. See, you have moments with God in your life. Times when God or you, there's been an encounter. And she was plucking the feathers from these ducks. And she looked up at God and she shook her fist and these feathers and these duck feathers at God. And she said, where are you? And that was, that was his way of letting her know that he was there the whole time. And he suffered with her, you know. And it healed her. That's a word of knowledge. You know? And that's how special it can be. Anyway, it's late, so we're going to stop. But thank you, Lord, for, for this special time with your children and uh, teaching us uh, to know and to trust in you regarding your gifts, Holy Spirit, and to uh, begin to pray and ask you and to make ourselves available for these things to be used in this way. And I really believe that there are people in this room that you will be using uh, mightily in lots of ways, Lord. And, and this is just an example of that. Uh, so thank you. And we love you. And we are available, Lord. And we just thank you for your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen.